Lord says, who is wise and understanding among you, let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. For this wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. James 3, 13 through 18. Father, we ask that you would breathe on the next few minutes. Holy Spirit, help us. Ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts that understand your word, that we might be changed in the next few moments by your word, which is quick and alive and powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you, Lord, for your word that does surgery on us, changing us on the inside and the out. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. James chapter 3 is where we land today. Thank you so much for your ministry, sir. James chapter 3 is where we land today. Uh, we're, we're, we're finishing this chapter uh, two days. It's not a long time to spend there. I'm super excited. I, I pray that um, as we are going through the book of James, um, that uh, your life is being impacted. I pray that your life is being impacted, that, that the word of God is producing some level of change um, in the way you think, uh, in the way you live, in the way you operate um, in your homes, um, on your jobs, um, in the marketplace, in your neighborhoods, in your communities. Uh, we pray that we're not just coming here to talk, uh, but we're coming here to learn and then to put into practice what we learn. Amen? Uh, we, we've looked at, so far, uh, we've talked about having faith in our trials and having God's perspective on the things that we go through in life. You know, we started there, and, and we talked about uh, counting it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations. Praise the Lord. Uh, we've talked about uh, just, just, you know, pressing in and seeing our problems and our issues in a different light. Uh, what, what else? We've talked about temptation and dealing with the temptation to sin and the temptation uh, that comes with issues and troubles and trials in life. Uh, what, what else have we talked about? It'd be a good class. What we've talked about, uh, 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 come on, controlling our mind. Well, first we talked about faith without works being what? Dead. So we've, we've inserted some corresponding action into our faith walk so that our faith is not theoretical, it is practical, right? So that when we, we say we believe God for something, we actually put some work 
to what we if we say we believe God for a new home then what do we do we put some money away we pay some bills and get our credit right and then then we then you know then you go to the bank and you get a loan and and you know you can't you know you get a mortgage you can't be scared to get you got to step if if the Lord said it then we said you got to step out there on it right you remember that amen uh, so we learned about that and then last week we approached of uh, the taming of the tongue uh, we approached how we use our words and uh, got into some this is now this is goes more into uh, James James progresses from personal ministry from teaching you about your own life to now when we get into chapter three he begins to deal with how you live with other people right and so we said last week that the words that you use they have impact amen uh, the words that come uh, they reveal your heart but they impact other people. We said they impact you, they impact people, they impact God, right? And so James begins to teach us in the beginning of this part of his letter, what we call this chapter of the book, uh, about taming the tongue and, and having real spiritual maturity. I don't know if you saw the video we posted, but we said last week you can huck and buck and wear robes and sha-na-na all you want to, but if you can't control the way you speak to people, then you have a maturity issue and you got to grow up, right? You have to grow up in, in, into the fullness of Christ and, and, and to be more like Jesus, amen? And so now here we turn in chapter three, we come to the backside of that chapter and, and help, uh, uh, bear with me today, uh, just a few minutes uh, and we're gonna go. I don't have a lot uh, because this is just like five verses, but he does say a lot within the five verses and uh, he, he juxtaposes for us today godly wisdom and demonic wisdom or, or heavenly wisdom and earthly wisdom. Uh, we, we we're talking about more how we relate to one another, how we deal with one another. This is a conversation about our actions, uh, our motives, our Christian character, uh, our heart condition, and even more condensed into like five or six verses. He handles all of that uh, very concisely. Uh, he's, he's teaching us how to treat one another, okay? Um, how to relate to one another. And this is important um, because it's, it's in the message translation of our uh, verse for today uh, that the, the, he, uh, Eugene Peterson in his translation, he draws from the text. Our text says, uh, it says here, um, it says, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. It closes that way. Now, now the, 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 the message translation says this, and I thought it was key um, to do this in the front side, Jason, so that we could help uh, have a, a a framework about what we're talking about. Here's what he says. He says, the same verse, same, same set of scripture. He says, you can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with Dignity and honor. My God, uh, that's, that's a mouthful there. Um, and, and I thought about it, and I said to myself, man, if we're going to, uh, we, you know, we say a lot of songs like, Lord, build your church. And that's like uh, Maverick City, ain't it? 
So yeah, Lord, build your church. Build it from the ground up. It's your church. And it is. But it's made up of us. And see, you can sing that song all you want to. Um, and God can send as many people as he wants to to your church. But if we do not treat people with dignity and honor, love and compassion and caring and concern, then God, God can't, is not going to force anybody to stay anywhere. We've got to create communities that, that challenge people to live right while loving them as they grow. This is the problem with the church. You, you either have a church, uh, it's really two extremes in church. Um, you have churches who all they want to do is be sweet and kind to people. They don't, they don't want to, oh, y'all think I'm lying? Some, some of y'all, anyway. Uh, <laughs> you got some churches that just want to feed the hungry and help those who are in need and just come as you are and let me love on you. And that's all they want to do. They don't want to challenge you to live right. They don't want to help you to grow. They don't want to develop you spiritually. But then you have this other end of the spectrum where you have churches that just want to beat you down. Condemn and, and convict you. And uh, they, they have a, I think both churches have the right motive. They mean well, but God is not a God of uh, uh, what do you call these? Uh, he's not a god of extremes. Uh, I mean, he's a god of extremes. You do say you got to be hot, or you got to be cold. Uh, but 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 when you go, well, see when you that is in your devotion to God. When you get into doing ministry, if you go too far to one side of the spectrum. You lose, you're losing, you're losing God. You're losing, you're not following him. And if you go too far to the other end of the spectrum, you're losing God. You're not following the Holy Spirit. Now you're messing up. So either way, we've got to find ourselves right here where James is today. Right, right here where James is. And what James says to us, uh, he asks this question. He, he he, he tells us how to talk to one another and to be careful because your tongue can stir up a fire. It can, it can cause wars and all kind of things to happen. And then he says, he asks, he asks a question, and he, and he kind of answers it in the same sentence. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? Who has wisdom? Who has wisdom? Who has wisdom among you? Uh, he says, let him show it by good conduct, that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Ah, okay, so, so we're going to have a conversation then today about wisdom, right? I know you're thinking, like, how does wisdom, what does that have to do with the relationships? I'm smart. That has to do with being smart. No, it doesn't. Let, let me talk about wisdom first. Let me do this. Uh, he, the word wise he uses here, this word is sophos. It means skill, Okay. Um, it means forming the best plans, watch this, and using the best means of execution. The word wisdom itself in the New Testament is Sophia. Sophia? Sophia? No, never mind. Uh, that's what the old saying. Some of y'all, y'all never seen the color purple? 
Sophia, Sophia. It's Sophos. It's so, I'm sorry, Sophia. And, and, and it has many meanings, but in context today, when it's used here in the meekness of wisdom, it is the knowledge and the practice of the requisites for godly and upright living. Let me say that plainly. Wisdom is knowing how to apply knowledge and understanding God's way. Oh my gosh, okay. Uh, you can be, wisdom is knowing how to apply God's, or, or to apply wisdom, um, knowledge and understanding in God's way, okay? Um, it's not enough to be intelligent. You gotta be wise. Even if you're not talking about God, even in just life in general, it does not help that you know math if you do not balance your checkbook. That you got a math degree is irrelevant if you can't add, if you will not add and subtract, multiply, and divide in the right context. Amen? You understand that? Doesn't matter of that you know how to cook. We're glad. We appreciate it. We, we love it. You, your mama taught you how to cook. We hungry though. And so your knowledge is not helping me until you learn how to apply it. So you must even have wisdom where cooking is concerned. This is natural. So then God gives us all this instruction and all of these scriptures and all of this knowledge and understanding, but in the book of Proverbs, he says, but wisdom is the principal thing. So with all you're getting, get understanding, but wisdom is what's most important. Because if you get understanding, but you do not apply wisdom to it, then you're just spiritually obese. That's what you are. You're full of knowledge with no application. And so we must, we must lean into God for wisdom. Wis Watch this. I said this. Put this, this is good. But this, you know, wisdom is the God-given grace to apply knowledge and understanding. So James asks, who then has wisdom? And he turns and he says, you will see it in a person uh, that in the New Living Translation says it this way, proves it, uh, a person with wisdom proves it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. That's another good point to stop at. Uh, people with the wisdom of God, uh, they don't just know better. Watch this. They do better. Okay. Uh, people with the wisdom of God, just they don't just do better. They do better from a place of meekness or humility. Okay. Uh, there is no pride or arrogance in the wisdom of God. Proverbs 11 and 2. Proverbs 11 and 2 says it this way, arrogance comes, then comes shame. But wisdom remains with humble people. That's the God's word translation. Wisdom remains 
with humble people. We're not getting it. Oh, man, you know, we've talked on wisdom here before. And um, in the book of Proverbs, it says wisdom was there when God created the earth. And wisdom was this and wisdom. When some people say, you know, wisdom um, is it, like, like Jesus uh, wisdom is, 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 is like the essence sometimes of God and, and wisdom is all of these things. Wisdom has a presence. Uh, when you're operating in wisdom, there's a presence uh, that, that, that comes with wisdom. And, and it says, I love how Proverbs says, wisdom remains with humble people. In other words, when you get too puffed up, wisdom ain't, I ain't messing with him. Not godly wisdom. So James, I'm, I'm, I hope I'm not moving too fast. I'm just trying to, make, James is a very straightforward book. So we don't have to, James then says that, he says that conversely, he turns, the, he turns the page and he says in verse 14, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Okay, let me work with that. James says here, uh, now, 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 now you hear the word envy and if you're a King James uh, person, you're going to have the word strife, right? You, who's got King James Bible? You, you probably see strife there. Okay, now, it, I had to study because for years, I assumed that when I saw envy and strife, that that just simply meant, you know, envy. How you feel when somebody got something and you don't want them to have it because, you know, envy, envy, green with envy, right? And then when I saw strife, I thought fighting. You know, like we have strife, but okay, but 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 that's those are not the the, the application of those two words here. Um, contextually, what this what he's really saying is, uh, when you are uh, bitterly or or aggressively self-seeking, self-centered. This is what he's doing. He's contrasting now godly wisdom and ungodly wisdom by saying, God, when, when you know when somebody is walking in the wisdom of God, because they will be humble. Oh, they will be meek. They will not be self-seeking and self-centered and prideful. This is a dividing line for us in how we do life together. Um, uh, he says that a person uh, that is full of envy and self-seeking, they're pretending to have godly wisdom. They're boasting and lying against the truth. My God, that's a strong, that's a strong accusation. It says, it says, if you have people who can pretend to be wise, they'll, they know all the right things to say. They know all the scriptures. They they know how to razzle that. You know, just you know, some, met some people who just handle the scriptures so well. And you just be so impressed. Like, man, listen to the words. They, and man, they memorize the chapter and the verse. They can recite the whole book of songs. That's a long book. No, I ain't met nobody who can do that. But they can, it's a long, they know all the scriptures, but they mean. But they'll cut you down to get ahead of you. But if you're not, if you're not making them feel good about themselves, they'll act like you don't exist. They're self-seeking. 
and that is not that is not the wisdom of God. Uh, James says this wisdom in verse fifteen it does not descend from above. Now the the Bible says every good and perfect thing does what comes down from the father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning he does not change if it's good and it's perfect it comes down so James says when there's self-seeking and there's strife and there's envy and bitter envy and, and self-centeredness involved in how a person conducts themselves then they're not walking in the wisdom that came down uh, they're walking in wisdom that is earthly sensual and demonic. That's a strong word, my God. Watch this. Uh, when knowledge is applied or life is lived in a self-centered, self-seeking way, it's not God's wisdom that is being used. It's worldly wisdom. That means not from above, but from the world system. You know how the world, y'all live in the world. We're in the world. We got other, you know how the world teach you, you know, step on them. You know, <laughs> the world, the world won't, ev ev in the world, everybody's your enemy because they want you to use everybody as a footstool. Lie to get ahead, cheat, steal. No, it's against the law. Well, not if you look at how people operate to get ahead. <laughs> Only if you get caught. They, they, an eye for an eye. You don't know nothing in the Bible except that. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, they don't, you know, uh, uh, this, this, I love this one. You know, I, I forgive them, but I ain't messing with them. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that doesn't sound like God's wisdom. It sounds like yours. Because if God forgave you but didn't mess with you. Okay, amen. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's worldly. Okay, what else has he said? He says, it's sensual. It's motivated or dictated by your fleshly desires. Uh, when you're walking in a wisdom or you're applying and, and living with one another in a way that is not uh, from God, then you begin to relate with one another sensually. It's sensual does not always mean, it doesn't mean sex. It's not what the word means. It's how we use it because we're broken. What it means is just of the flesh. We want, we want what pleases our flesh and so then we live in a way um, that, th man, I said, I'm, I'm a parent. My kids here, they're going to tell the truth. Uh, you know, I'm not, it's not the kids I'm getting, I'm about to get, I'm about to get the parent. Watch this. <laughs> now the kids say, get them. Get them. Watch this online, watch this. Most of the time, we do not not deal with our children because of how we feel about them. Most of the time, we don't deal with our children because of how it makes us feel. Okay, let me do it. Let me go another way. The Bible says the Lord chasteneth those whom he what? Loves. And who's the good, good father? He is. Okay, so if God as the good, good father chasteneth those whom he loves, then, then if I'm going to be a good parent, then I must chasten it. But he, watch this. Here's the problem. And I, this is me. I suffer with this myself. I, you know, children sometimes got to get dealt with. Yeah. 
He's the one that doesn't have to struggle. Okay. <laughs> I'm the one that does. Okay. Now watch this. Most of the time, if, if I ground a child, this is me being transparent. If I ground a child, I'm not likely to see it through. See? And watch this. It has nothing, <laughs> it has nothing to do, really, the, the primary issue for me is not that they are miserable. It's how I feel about them being miserable. So because it hurts me to see them that way, I don't deal with them the right way. Now, who is, who is at the center of that? Thank you. It's not my compassion for the child. It's really my flesh that cannot deal with the hurt that sometimes has to happen when you deal with somebody that needs to be corrected. Gee, God saw a need for correction in the earth. He had to watch his son get crucified. So he had to deal with the hurt. And it wasn't even his son that did anything wrong. It was y'all. But in order to save you all from a future of hell, he had to make a decision that hurt him. Watch this. Godly wisdom allows you to make decisions as a parent that might hurt you, but in the long run will help them. I ain't got nobody saying nothing to me. Some of you are going to shipwreck your child's future, minor and grown, because you keep enabling them so you can feel better. I said it. And I can say it because I deal with it. But godly wisdom is not motivated by fleshly desires. Not to please you. Godly wisdom looks at the situation and says, it may hurt me, but it's better for them. And so I'm going to do it. He says also, uh, earthly wisdom or the wisdom that doesn't come from above is demonic. Coming from the influence of demons or, or, or devil-inspired motivations. Some people are dealing with the world's kind of wisdom. Some people are dealing with flesh wisdom. But some people are dealing with demonic wisdom. And you need the Holy Ghost so you can know who you're dealing with. Because just because they know how to say it don't mean they're saying it from the right place. Single sister, just because he know how to say it, he got a good talk game, it don't mean he means well. You got to be careful. Single brother, just because she sing on the praise team. Not this praise team, because he's my kid, but <laughs> them other praise teams, them other praise teams. Other praise things. Because <laughs> y'all start playing, it's time to preach. Okay. <laughs> so, so I hope then, as we're coming to a close, we're, we're almost done. I hope then uh, that you desire to operate in the godly way of wisdom. I hope you desire to do life with people who operate in the godly kind of wisdom. Uh, uh, and if both of these are true of us, then we need to know what this way of living looks like.
Uh, we need to know uh, what this godly wisdom in its practicality looks like. Like, what are the characteristics? And, and James knows that you need to know this, so he teaches in verse 17 through 18. He says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Okay, 10 minutes. The next, this is the time where you need to do what? Check your heart. This is the time where you need to do what? Check your life, okay? This is the time where you need to check your relationships, okay? Are you walking in godly wisdom and are you living in this way towards others? This is it, Howard. Watch this. Okay, he says if you're if if you're if if you're walking in the wisdom that comes from above, then then how you live is first pure. Okay? This word means true, clean, sincere, purified from carnal desires in how we operate with one another. Come on, pay attention. Are you living in a way of purity? It, uh, is that how you're operating? Okay, well, peaceable is the next word. He says it's peaceable. We're just teaching. Is it okay? Because okay, so we have to go. I'm not gonna, it's not going to be dramatic. It's just teaching. Because sometimes y'all need impartation, not inspiration. There is a difference. I can preach you happy, but sometimes we need to teach you full. Okay. Peaceable. Okay. Now, you should be walking in a way that is peaceable. Watch this. This is bringing the shalom, the peace of God, into situations. Are you lovingly handling others? Are you bringing the very presence of God into interactions and situations? What do you mean, peaceable, bringing the presence of God? Watch this. Peace is not the absence of something. Peace is the presence of someone. This is why you can have peace in the middle of a storm. Because peace is not the absence of the storm, Brianna. It's the presence of God in the storm. Okay? So this is why you can have peace even in situations that could be conflicting. You can have conflict with a person but still have peace. Because we can have a conversation in rage or we can be cognizant of the fact that God is here with us. So how we relate and communicate to one another must be in recognition of the presence of God. And I believe that when we are cognizant of God's presence with us, then we conduct ourselves a certain way. If you are a believer that can act out any kind of way while you know that God is standing there, then you got another problem. Peaceable people bring God into the situation. Now watch this. Bringing the presence of God or recognizing or acknowledging the presence of God in a situation will give you the strength to deal with the situation. will bring joy. Remember we talked about joy versus happiness, right? Sometimes it's not happiness you're going to find in certain situations with people. That's why you need joy. And, and watch this. Watch the word come together. The peace of God brings God into the situation. You need joy to maintain yourself in the situation, but you also need strength. Well, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my what? Strength. So the presence of God brings the joy of God and the peace of God, which gives you strength to deal with one another. Some of us are just too weak. 
too easily offended, too easily hurt. <laughs> my, wife, my, wife said, my wife said to me the other day, somebody said something to her one time, we was at a church, about how she sang. I said, oh, you, she said, I think that thing hurt me. And I said, oh, you the church hurt people? She said, I just kept working, though, because I'm not weak. Elder Thomas knows there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. You can keep playing when you're hurt. Some of y'all act like every hurt has to stop you. But the joy of the Lord will give you strength in the midst of hurt so that you can keep going. Are you Okay, next word, gentle. Are you a sweet saint? Y'all don't even know that word. <laughs> I'm from the, I grew up in church, right? They used to say, you got to be, you're supposed to be a sweet saint. You, you know how the mothers of the church used to be? Mother, I don't know, you, depending on what kind of church you grew up in. Uh, you had some mothers that was mean. They was horrible. I believe the reason why some of the church ended now. But you had some mothers. You had some mothers that was sweet. And they would correct you. But they would correct you in the sweetest way. And you'll walk away from them with a butterscotch and a mint, like, what the hell? I believe she just told me not to ever wear this again, but I feel so good. Because that was who? It was a butterscotch and a mint. You know that's real church. Or one of those strawberry candy. You sell them strawberries. It looked like a strawberry with a green twist on it. Huh? You walk away with them candies looking back like, I believe she just told me to take a bath and don't come to church early, but I feel so good. What? Because they had godly wisdom. They knew how to correct you and still be gentle. Because you don't want to break people that God sent you to heal. God sent you to teach and correct people. You, some things you got is fragile. You got to handle with care. Gentle, polite, fair. We get ready to go. Okay, uh, the next word. Willing to yield. Oh, my. <laughs> it's easy to be entreated in your in your King James version. Uh, easily, watch this. You thought you thought. Watch this. First one, easily obedient. Oh, there's a problem. <laughs> Godly wisdom helps you to be easily obedient. We ain't gotta fight you to get you to do everything that is right. We ain't gotta wrestle with you. One day you obedient, the next day one one day you save, the next day you a hellion. Everything we want you to do right, we got to fight you to do it. This is not godly wisdom. This is sensual. That, I believe that a lot of times when, when a person is super stubborn, that's demonic wisdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's demonized. Super stubborn. Y'all ain't trying to, I know y'all, I'm not trying to offend nobody. I'm telling y'all, y'all, I know y'all looking at me like, don't talk about my stubbornness. It's okay. I just want you to get free of it. So, you, God, God wants you to be, what is take my mind, I mean, take my heart and what? Mold it. Take my mind and transform it. Okay, take my will and what? Conform. All of those verbs and those words, they, they, you think about clay. When the clay is soft, it's moldable, it's conformable. It's transformable. But when it gets dry, it gets stubborn. Oh, my. It's, it's hard to do anything with it because it's tight now. 
this is not the will of God for you, for you to be tight and stubborn. The God wants you to be yielding, easily obedient and compliant, getting along with one another in, 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 in the kingdom. Not nobody telling you to go out in the world and do everything the world tells you to do. Keep it in context. We're talking about how we work with one another. You can't be stubborn. Watch this. Bump church. What about your house? This is the problem with some of y'all's homes. You're not easily obedient. I'm about to, I'm about to say no more. <laughs> the Bible say, submit unto your husband to your other, as unto the Lord. That means you got to be willing to what? Yield. That's what submission is. It's yielding. Is 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 we? I tell people all the time. Submission is not necessary where agreement is present. If we both want chicken, then neither one of us needs to submit. We both want the same thing. But if I say I want steak, not chicken, to I feel like chicken. I don't know why it's in my mind. Uh, if I if I want the kid, if I want steak and you want chicken, now somebody, unless you're gonna make both, but it's not wisdom. So now somebody must do what? Submit. So you need submission uh, most of the time when there's no agreement present or where there's a difference of opinion, a difference of way of operation. And a lot of times, in our, there is safety in submission. Let me give a wife, let me give you a power tip to the women of God. You've got to trust God with your husband's decision. And watch this. Let me tell you the secret to a man. When we see you'll trust us with our decision, most of the time, we'll just go the way we know is right, which is probably the way you said it anyway, because most of y'all are smart. <laughs> I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that. <laughs> I'm going to give you that. <laughs> I'm going to give you that. <laughs> but, but, Bucking up against one another is not solving anything. At some point, one of y'all has got to submit. Now, I know the Bible, I know that there's a, there's a scripture in the Bible that says submitting unto one another and that, that people believe in mutual submission. I'm not going to teach that now. I don't. I don't believe that's not, I don't think that's the right interpretation of the word of God. This is my personal belief by the scriptures, but we'll get into that another time. Uh, but, but yielding is necessary. Godly wisdom, yielding in the church. Yielding with your children. You can't always be super strict parents. Because if you are, then what you will have with your children is all discipline and no relationship. So you've got to be led by the Holy Spirit to know when to yield and when to hold. Some of y'all, it's time to hold. Amen. Kids, uh, full of mercy and good fruit. That's the next one. Full of mercy and good fruits. Are you full of compassion and forgiveness towards others? Is that how you operate? Or do you hold everything against everybody? Everybody's got to pay for everything they do to you. You ever been around that kind of person? You can't step on their shoe without writing a formal apology. All I did was bump into you. Jesus, we have offense. Why are you so, what is wrong? Some of us, some of us 
are offended with people who are dead. You're holding a grudge against a dead person. What are they going to do? <laughs> They're not going to say sorry because they can't talk anymore. It happened. Now, I'm not saying it didn't impact you. What I'm saying is you need to get delivered and you need to get therapy so that you can get past it. And you can be full of mercy and good fruits. When I hear good fruits, what do I think? I think fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5, 20 through 23, if you don't know where that is. In the Amplified verb, Bible says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within you accomplishes, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You got to study that. I ain't here to teach that today. I'm going to give you that one. Good fruits. The fruit of the Spirit. We are in a church age where we have exalted the gifts of the Spirit and forgotten that that same Spirit has fruit. Why? Because the gifts are what make you popular, but the fruit is what makes you effective. Y'all don't want to have that conversation today. Uh, <laughs> we need, I need your fruit more than your gift. Without partiality is the next description. Consistent, constant, not up and down. Godly people with godly wisdom, they're not all over the place. You have been, you don't know how to, I, I don't know how to approach you. One day you hot, the next day you cold. One day you nice, the next day you nasty. One day you like hellos, the next day you don't want to speak. This is not godly. People should not have to be on eggshells every time they come around you not knowing what to expect from you because when you operate in godly wisdom you are consistent one day you happy the next day you depressed one day you full of joy the next day you stressed out some of y'all is one hour you was just happy what did that go on we were just laughing and now you angry why? Can you, you ever been around somebody can't tell you why they're mad? Why are you mad? Okay, husbands. Get, why act? Can I get some husbands? Y'all ever been around somebody that can't? Why are you mad? Nothing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Let me help my husband out. <laughs> you just start praying in tongues. <laughs> you need the wisdom of God in that moment. Lord, show me what I did, Lord. Show me what to do. <laughs> I would look at yourself in trouble. <laughs> Without hypocrisy. This is the last one. Without hypocrisy. Sincere. Watch this. Not two faced. Mm. <laughs> Not two faced. Godly wisdom, people who walk in godly wisdom are not two faced. They, they not nice in your face running you down behind your back this is not the will of God this is not the way of God they're not, they, they're not talking about you they're talking to you amen they, <laughs> this is godly wisdom do you hear what I'm saying to you you need godly wisdom in your life so that you can operate in a way that is pleasing to God and that creates community that people want to be a part of 
We read in the beginning to you, James, uh, our text and the message, real wisdom, God's wisdom. Everybody standing to your feet. We're going home. Real wisdom, God's wisdom begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle, reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings. Not hot one day and cold the next. Not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoy its results only if we do the hard work of getting along with each other. Treating each other with dignity and honor. City of Faith, if we are going to continue to consistently build a kingdom church, we're going to have to learn to live this way. I think back over the history of our ministries. And some people we lost because they were supposed to leave. But then some people we lost because we didn't treat them. And it takes, it takes an honest person to assess themselves according to the word of God. The Bible says that the word is like a mirror. But that if you look into it, that's right here in James, if I'm not mistaken. If you look into it and you walk away and forget what you saw or in other words if you walk away and pretend like what you saw about you was not right, really there then you deceive yourself and you hurt yourself in the long run as a body of believers and as people individually we need to sit with these six verses are you operating in your home in godly wisdom are you operating on your job in godly wisdom? Are we operating in this church in godly wisdom? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, we thank you for your word today. We are not offended by the correction that comes from your word. We are, we are not offended by the challenge that comes from your word. But today we are humbled. We are meek. We go low today, Father, and say we want to be who you called us to be. And that whatever you've shown us today, and as, as we commit to going home and to reading over this and meditating on this father whatever you continue to show us give us the strength of character God to be honest with you and with ourselves and if we're not being peaceable and if we're not being gentle and if we're not uh, caring for others and if we're not doing what you called us to do God help us to fall on your grace that helps us to do what you've called us to do, Father. 
Help us to have an honest and a sincere heart when we look at ourselves. We're so in tune with what's wrong with everybody else. Father, help us to be honest about ourselves this week. Take some time between this and the next and evaluate our lives, evaluate our relationships, evaluate our character, evaluate our motives, God. And we say, as the old saints used to say, if you find anything in me that is not like you, God, we pray that you would take it away from us. Search our hearts, Lord, and find us surrendered to you. We yield to your will today. We offer no resistance to the heart surgery that you want to do on us, Father. Have your way in us, Lord. Change us that we might be just like you. It is in your name that we pray. Amen and amen. Come on.